let's say right now we're sort of, we're not going exactly straight into the sun. We're sort of coming down at an angle, like, like an airplane that would be landing, let's say. Okay. And we see an enormous prominence ex- erupting, huge arc erupting yeah, we'll, we'll in front of us. we'll probably fly under it because that's cool. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to What the, the if. if. This is a show where anything can happen. In fact, this week we find ourselves perched above the surface of the sun, and we'll soon be diving in. I'm Philip Shane, documentary filmmaker, and with me is his science historian and man about town, Professor Matthew Stanley of New York University. How are you, Matt? Howdy. I'm, I'm doing just fine. Actually, it's incredibly hot and humid here. It's pretty much like we're on the surface of the sun here in New York today. Ditto. Yeah. Although, I, f- I feel like the sun would be like a dry heat. Well, that's an interesting question, actually. We can get into that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last week, we, we had a cliffhanger. And if you listen to it, then you know you're ready. You got your seatbelts on and your Ray-Ban sunglasses, aviators on, and we're all looking sharp and ready to go. Like, you know, near the end of Close Encounters, <laughs> there's a scene where the, all the guys are getting ready. Everybody's wearing the same pair of aviator sunglasses. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, just, so, it's like super cool and super nerdy at the same time. <laughs> super nerdy because Steven Spielberg thought it was super cool. Yeah, that might be. That might be. You know, <laughs> when Tom Cruise wears those glasses, he looks genuinely badass. But it's true. Let's hear. Leather jacket helps. Having Anthony Edwards as your wingman. Ah, touche. Mm-hmm. All helps. I didn't know you were. You were a real cinephile. Well, you've got to be familiar with the Tom Cruise over in order to be an educated person these days. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think he's crossed over from high, from low to high. Um, At least has done so on occasion. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. absolutely. And oh, and one quick shout out to the recently departed Burt Reynolds, since we're on movie yes. talk. Yes, right. If there was an American who had the, the sheer machismo to survive a journey to the sun, it would have been Burt Reynolds. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, another guy who looked fantastic in sunglasses <laughs> this episode is sponsored by ray-ban actually not not inappropriate or progressive lenses those ones that darken mm-hmm. appropriately yeah. right. before we, we dive in just a quick welcome to anyone who's new who just beamed aboard the ship that james cameron built for us the solar submarine that has yet to have a name, by the way. We're open, you know, send in oh, names. Oh, that's true. Yeah, send us the names for uh, no Bodie McBoatface. I was going to say Sunny McSunnyface. <laughs> yeah, that would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, send us a name for our ship. But uh, yeah, if you just got here and you're like, what? <laughs> what WTF is mm-hmm. WTF? Matt, a little brush up for the newcomers. Yeah, so we, uh, we, we go on and explore. And sometimes that explore is to... Uh, place like today where we're going to visit the sun sometimes it's to a different time right we've gone back in time a few
few times. Yep. And sometimes it's to a different universe. We mess with something about our universe and figure out how things might look and change and be different. And so basically, we mess with some aspect of your reality and then um, dive deep in it. Yes. As you'll see, as we proceed, we try to keep it to one. We're only allowed to change one thing. It's interesting, actually. Somebody, a friend of mine, was listening to it when he went to search for our podcast, and this may have happened to you, listeners, as you tried to find us. Uh, he found another one of the other what if. There are many, many what if podcasts. And he said that they kind of just allowed themselves to change everything, just free wheel. Mm-hmm. change a lot of things. And what he liked about ours was that we change one thing. And then by sticking to that limitation, we actually learn a lot of science by trying to continue to justify right. this, this one thing. So better to experience it. Hit the throttle. Boom. Here we go. We found ourselves last week, we were in the corona. NASA launched very recently the Parker Solar Probe, which is going to be the closest object ever sent by humans, mm-hmm. going to get closer to the sun than anything ever sent. Also, turns out to be the fastest, right, I think? Yeah, I think that's right. I think we decided that last time. Yeah. yeah. Fastest object. So, amazing. Amazing. And so, we said, what the if we could be on a similar trajectory in a ship that would allow us to go ourselves not only as close as the Parker Solar Probe is going to go to the sun, which is pretty close, but we're going to go in. We're going all the all way. All the way. In yeah. fact, we're, we're going to go through. Mm-hmm. You know why? Who knows, actually, if we survive. <laughs> we're, yeah, that's going to be the trick. We're going to go as far as we can. And, and last week we got as far as, not last week, excuse me, two weeks ago. Last week we had Dr. Kiki on an amazing episode, if you haven't heard that. Go back to the previous episode and check that out. Two weeks ago, we were in the we were in the Corona, and just uh, give us a visual. What do we see in the Corona? The Corona, and, yeah. and just a quick review. What is the Corona? Right. So the Corona is this sort of cloud that surrounds the sun, and it goes out hundreds of thousands of kilometers, and insanely hot, like million degrees hot. But perversely, we almost never see it. And the reason for that is that it's it's this super thin plasma, we say, meaning it's it's just kind of random particles. There's no atoms or, or molecules. And so it's so thin that even though it's super hot and super gigantic, it's washed out by the light from the sun. So generally, you only see it at a total solar eclipse. And that's, if you've seen a total solar eclipse, that weird, eerie light that kind of stretches across half the sky, that's the corona. Corona meaning crown. Right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, I think as we mentioned last week, it's sort of like when you look at a kid's drawing, or my drawings, frankly, of the sun, you would see a circle, a yellow circle maybe with a happy face. Yeah. And around it, you would see lines shooting out in all directions, rays. And that is kind of, I don't know that the children, although yours may, because they're brilliant. <laughs> Uh, uh, that is true. I don't know if they know uh, that that's the corona. Yeah, but but that is what it. So looks the like. <laughs> yeah. So the corona is this this weird let's say this weird gigantic super hot thing that we normally don't see, right. and it's a really cool thing to be exploring with a solar probe for all of those reasons that I just said. Is we don't really understand why it's there. We don't understand why wow. it's so much hotter than the surface of the sun. It's a genuinely weird thing. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Parker sends back. Yeah. yeah wow. That's it, it, 
I always find it shocking in some ways to hear what we don't know. Yeah, that's the fun stuff. I know. Yeah. We, so we really don't it. know. And, and I just had a thought about the corona. Another, since it's so thin and and and, and invisible, if this, if you were able to see the disk of the sun, it's the disk of the sun is going to be so bright you can't see the corona around it. If you imagine you can't see the corona, it's it's it, in some ways actually more. I find it easier to understand around the ball of the sun. Mm-hmm. This gas ball, boiling gas ball, is this huge area where it's like super hot. So, Much hotter than the surface of the sun itself. Yeah. Right. Now, if I sit in front of a campfire, which I, mm-hmm. I try not to do that often because I don't love camping. The bugs. It's okay. It's allowed. Yeah. The bugs. Actually, if you took away the bugs, you know, I'd be okay. Not so bad. Yeah. Gotta re- I really don't like bugs. I don't even like talking about them. So when you face a campfire, you really feel the warmth. If you got a good fire going, you're a good caveman, right? cave person, and you, mm-hmm. you were able to get a good fire going. You can feel that heat on one. In fact, this is one of the few times that you really notice this strange phenomenon that you would be, would be common in space, whereas you feel really hot on one side. One side and really cold on the other. And the other side is cold. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a couple of different things that determine whether or not something feels hot to you. So one of them is temperature, right? That's perfectly straightforward. Hot things tend to feel hotter, right? But then there's two other factors that are really important. One of those is how the heat is getting to you, Mm, right? mm -hmm, So it mm -hmm. can radiate to you, it can conduct to you, it can convect. And then the third one is the density of the hot thing. That is how much hot stuff is packed into a small location. Mm, mm-hmm. right? So when you're sitting in front of the campfire, for the most part, you're feeling radiated heat towards you. And that has a certain efficiency of transfer of the heat. Now, are you likely, if you stick your hand into the fire, now energy the the uh, the heat is being transferred to you by conduction. That is, you're actually touching the hot thing. So I touch the flames, right? Yeah. And is that going to be feel hotter or colder? Pretty darn hot, right? But the fire itself hasn't suddenly gotten hotter, right? Right. No, it's just that now you've got a different mechanism by which the heat is being transferred to you. Oh, I see. Even, in other words, if you put your hand very close to the flames, you're going to feel pretty hot. But if right. you touch the flame, suddenly it's... The then it's a totally different sort of thing. Right. And the reason that it hurts to put your hand into the fire is that there's a lot of hot atoms there. So there's a lot of... It's, it's easy for the energy to get conducted into your hand mm. and burn you and send you to the emergency room, right? Yes. So if you want to... So actually, the, the hot part of a fire is plasma, much like the corona. Hmm. So the question is, if the corona is, uh, you know, a million degrees, right? Tens of thousands of times as hot as your your campfire. Why doesn't it hurt to stick your hand into that? Because it probably wouldn't actually. And the answer is that there are so few atoms, or excuse me, so few particles zooming around out there that it's very hard for a significant amount of energy to get conducted to you. Oh, so this is a strange concept that something can be super hot. Mm-hmm. Does that mean but, that per, per 
if you if I had a thermometer there, mm-hmm. is it that it would take a long time for that thermometer to heat up? Yep, that's right. And eventually it would say million degrees. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and you'd say, wow, that's really impressive. But it might take you a long time uh, for it to, to get to equilibrium, we would say. So when we say the corona, the giant mm-hmm. glowing crown around the disk of the sun, the globe of the sun. And, and that's the thing also, <laughs> let me just make a note. This is a three-dimensional thing. It always appears two-dimensional, even when we look up at an eclipse. Right, just from point of view, yeah. And in the child's drawing, <laughs> it appears two-dimensional. But it's, it is a globe. It is a sphere that in... It, it's an outer sphere. Yeah, and it, it's not a neat ball shape like the sun itself. It's ah. this big, messy cloud that is shifting and moving and changing shape. So wow. more like a, like a fog cloud. Wild. And uh, so you, um, I totally lost my train of thought. My brain just got burned by the plasma. That's all right. We can move in from the corona. We're moving not. in. It's yeah. time to move in. Let's, let's, so what you're saying is it's, it's, it's super hot right now. Let's all, we're here in the ship and we're strapped in, but we can, the window's very close and we can put our hand up against the window. Yeah, don't do, and like we said, don't do it for very long, right? Right. But you can stick your hand out in the corona, and you'll probably be fine. Uh, we would need to do the calculation, but my guess would be a couple of seconds before you start crisping. Ah, uh, okay. So you can, and here within the ship where we're safe, we can put our hand on the window and slowly feel. Well, actually, the window is already going to be hot. Well, the the ship will be heating up as. As soon as it gets into the corona, right? right? So it'll take a little while. And this is one of the issues with uh, designing the Parker is that it has to sit in the corona for however long its mission life is, right? Years, I would imagine. Right. So it's a tricky to figure out something that can survive millions of degrees for years at a time, even if it's super thin like the corona is. But here's the problem is that normally if you're trying to build something like, say, a submarine, that's going to go into a hazardous environment yes. is you take the parts of that submarine and you stick them in the hazardous environment and see how they do. Right. right? You make sure the submarine doesn't collapse. Right. The problem is that we cannot generate a million degree Kelvin plasma here on earth. Oh, wow. Right. We can't replicate the Corona. So we can't actually test either Parker or our solar submarine, right? Wow. We have to do kind of the best we can and approximate, but it's one of these things where until you try it, we don't really know whether or not we're going to die. Wow. Another amazing thing that we don't know. Or can- now, I know that we, we could, uh, I, I imagine we can get some tiny, extremely tiny area, extremely hot. Yep, that's right. So that's the kind of thing you do. So you take the materials that Parker is made of and subject them to uh, the, the hottest, thinnest thing we can make, which you can, which you can do like in a lab, right? You have a six-inch wide thing or whatever, right. and then see how it responds. But an important lesson of engineering is that a machine is not the same as just all of its parts, right? Is that all those right. parts have to interact with each other? Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if we discover some strange thing. You know, one of the instruments on Parker fails because we weren't able to test it when it was attached to this other thing. Right. Um, so right. We'll Wild. See. And, and, and again, we have no, so we're going to leave the Corona 
this thing that we have no idea why it's there. Yeah, why it's super hot. It's super hot, but we must, we have a destiny, which is the core of the sun. And so we go, now, the next thing, is the next thing we encounter is the surface of the sun, (sighs) so-called, where Mm -hmm. we see, which is, we're used to seeing with those pictures of gigantic yeah, prominence is, is the, the technical term. Yeah, so depending on our piloting abilities, we may get, so the sun is constantly hurling off these giant arcs of material, which are typically dozens or hundreds of times the size of the earth. I mean, truly enormous <laughs> uh, fountains of solar material, and they're hurled out into space. So we'll want to make sure we don't get hit by one of those as we're going down. Yeah. Do we know how, uh, in the pictures, they seem to, in the uh, sort of films we get back or videos, it looks like they go pretty fast. I don't know if those are time lapse. Um, No, those are usually sped up. Ah. Um, But at the same time, they're enormous. So I don't know what the velocity of those suckers is. I'd have to look that up. Right. But that's like Uh, a, that is a serious tsunami of (laughs) hot. Now, is that also called plasma? That is also plasma, yeah. Yeah. Let's hear. So I just looked this up. So they can get up to about 600 miles an hour. Whoa. So presumably we can dodge those because even if they're fast, you can see them coming from a long way away. Right, right. And yeah, let's, let's remind ourselves and our listeners about the scale of things that we're talking about here. Oh, sure. That, again, this is the way I imagine it. When you, when you see pictures or, or a diagram, that shows the sun, let's say you see the sun as a big yellow circle. Mm-hmm. The, the earth shown to scale looks like a pixel, a tiny, <laughs> a pinpoint dot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it. the diameter of the sun, you know, all the way across is about 850,000 miles. Mm. So that may not mean much <laughs> to you. Um, but that's uh, about, uh, it's over 200 times the, w- the, the full width of the Earth, the diameter of the Earth. Yeah, and that's just the right. diameter. Right. So, yeah, then uh, if you want to fill it with Earth, then yes. it gets really big really fast. Yeah, huge. So, these, when you see these images of these amazing solar prominences, mm-hmm. the Earth also would look like a tiny dot. Yeah, that's right. In fact, that's a good, this is fairly common doctored image you'll see. Mm. People will stick a two-scale image of the Earth next to a solar prominence yeah. uh, so you can get a feel for scale. So yeah, go, do a Google image search for that and it should should pop up pretty quick. Yeah. So Make you feel small. That's right. So forget, forget even what the scale is against our ship that we're here looking at one of these prominences coming our way. Just imagine being on the Earth it's yeah you'd be you'd, the whole planet would be dwarfed by one of these prominences yeah. yeah like it would is it bigger than the distance to the moon now well my yeah yeah significantly more <laughs> mm-hmm. so look at the imagine being here on earth as you are and you might actually be able to see the moon right now or you can imagine it a solar prominence erupting toward us mm-hmm. would stretch beyond the moon yeah it would fill the sky right. it would just it would the be, sky would be yeah it would be far and away the biggest structure here's another interesting question there's always a question with astronomical photos 
mm-hmm. or films is the color. So it always it uh, looks yeah. usually looks orange. Mm-hmm. Yep, kind of a yellow orange color. Right. Now the sun, when you look at it in the sky, which you shouldn't do, but you know, peak, or you see you've seen pictures of it. It's it's somewhat yellowish. Yep. So is the prominence what color are these prominence actually to our own eyes, do we know? Yeah, they are the color of the surface of the sun. So I should say the color is determined by the temperature for the most part. So so you can judge the temperature of the prominences by the color. So when they first appear, they are yellowish, like the surface of the sun. So that suggests they're generally the same temperature. And then as they get away from the surface of the sun, they cool off. So you can watch them get redder and redder as they fade away. Right. So here's one where, where, let's say right now we're sort of, we're not going exactly straight into the sun. We're sort of coming down at an angle, like like an airplane that would be landing, let's say, or or a a space capsule that's re-entering. Right. So we're coming um, along, and we see an enormous prominence ex- erupting, huge arc erupting yeah, we'll, we'll in front of us. we'll probably fly under it, because that's cool. Yeah! Right? So, like, we'll fly under yeah. the, the arc of it, right? Because that's got to be pretty awesome. Totally. And then, as you say, it's, if, we, if we're kind of coming in for a landing, in the sense of kind of skimming along the surface of the sun, yeah. the first layer we hit is called the chromosphere, and speaking of colors, this is a, a kind of weird thing happens. So when you look as we're going down and we look at the surface of the sun, it looks yellow. Quite suddenly, everything around us will look kind of pink. Ooh. So if we continue looking down at the surface of the sun, it still looks bright and yellow. But if we look around us, there will be this reddish pink glow. Um, so there's this funny layer on the outside of the sun called the chromosphere that's significantly cooler than the rest of the sun and has this reddish color. And it's fairly dim because it's cooler. So you again, you can only see it at a total solar eclipse. So at an eclipse, you'll see this kind of reddish ring underneath the corona. And that's called the chromosphere. It's oh. this is a weird thing. So it's, it's, there, it's not clouds, but it's like a cloud layer or an atmospheric yeah, like a layer. layer. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a, a like the layer of an onion. So this and is so it's it's really strange. It's it's this thin, cool layer, and even worse, it's it's sandwiched in between the super hot corona right. and the pretty hot surface. There's this cool layer, and again, it's kind of inexplicable. It's a it's a very why would there be a cool layer in between two hot layers? And wow, we're not really sure. Wow, wow. this is amazing to me that we, so that we know so. L- Little in relatively speaking, mm-hmm. um, seeing as it seems to it, it would seem to me that like physics, you know, hot things heating up, gas heating up, and we even know how the sun, how the center, of, what's going on in the sun that makes it right. There's an important sense actually that we understand the, the center of the sun better than the outer layers, oh, okay, which is kind of weird. Wow, um, wow, and part of that is because we can't, for instance, even recreate those conditions on the earth so we can't even Mm -hmm. right except in i imagine that's right yeah you can't we can't build a we can't build a sun here on the earth so we have to use mathematics instead right so like you said we understand a lot about the physics of heat and the physics of light so can we write down the equations for what the sun must be 
And I should say we're actually pretty good at that. Like you, you, you can make a mathematical model of the sun mm. that has all of the elements that the real sun does. But there's often these big unexplained gaps. And that's in astrophysics, that's something you have to do sometimes. You're right. like, well, I don't understand this whole feature here. Nonetheless, I've got a model that works pretty well. Yeah. And so even with all our incredible technology for uh, that astronomy that we have in astronomy and in laboratories, there's no replacement for going there. Hence the... Which, hence the Parker. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And hence our, ourselves. We are the first people that we know of. <laughs> that we know of. That's right. It's Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. To, to get this close. So here we are. We're now descending. We went through the... The inexplicably pink chromosphere layer, mm -hmm. and we, we now emerge Right. So now we, and the chromosphere is pretty thin. It's a couple thousand miles thick, which mm. by terrestrial terms is fairly large, right. but by solar terms is nothing. Right. So as we come out of that, we'll come down to what we, what we really mean when we say the surface of the sun, and that's ah. called the photosphere. So that's the yellow bright surface that, that we see when we look up at the sun. Right. Okay. And that's about 5,700 degrees Celsius. Right. So we've, we've got on the wall of our really beautifully done ship, because this wasn't just made by NASA. James Cameron built this. And so it's really elegant and cool and futuristic looking, even though we really must be far into the future. It's futuristic even for the time that it was oh, yes. made. Right. And there's a beautiful clock on the wall. It's a digital display. And beautiful lights, and they go up and down for the temperature. So when we were in the corona, the thing was off the charts. And then we went into the chromosphere, and the temperature went down. All the lights went down into more of a reddish zone. And now they're going up again, and they're settling at 5,700 degrees yeah. Celsius, <laughs> which, to be dumb, Fahrenheit is just about double. Ah, <laughs> so for, for big numbers like that. You know, 10,000 degrees. Okay. Yeah, so that's pretty hot. And if we're not entirely confident in James Cameron's temperature proofing, we right. do have an option for a slightly cooler spot, which uh. is sunspots. Right? Oh, uh-huh. So we so see a sunspot. Yeah, we see one. Yeah, so on the surface of the sun, we'll see these slightly darker patches, which again are vastly larger than the surface of the Earth, but tiny compared to the, the surface of the sun. And they're, they're significantly cooler in that they're only about 3,000 degrees Celsius. Mm. So they only look dark relative to the hotter parts of the surface. Right. So when, when we see pictures of the sun and you see sunspots that look like black holes or dust, right. or, you know, black spots on the sun, that's because we're using a really strong filter, right, that's making that right. look dark. If you mm -hmm. took the filter away and we're looking with our own eyes, there isn't that much. Well, I guess you, you would still notice a difference. You'd still notice the difference. But it's but not black. It's, uh, it's just that the surface of the sun is so bright right. that they get lost unless you have some special technique. Right. So, for instance, Galileo's technique, which was very clever, was to point a telescope at the sun but not look through it but instead just use the telescope to project an image of the sun onto a piece of paper, uh -huh. and then he could trace where the um, sunspots were. And Galileo's great rival for looking for sunspots 
this guy named Christoph Scheiner, did not come up with this particular idea. Instead, he would just wait for a cloudy day and then look at the sun through the clouds. Oh. So that works fine until you get a um, thin spot in the clouds when you're staring at the sun and then you get blasted. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. And, and I'm guessing the UV light, the ultraviolet light, still could be dangerous. Or yep, does the cloud- um, yeah. yeah, that's right. If, if you're not a 17th century Jesuit, don't use that technique. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so here we are. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bank us. Oh, we're gonna bank to the left here a little mm-hmm. bit. Hold on, and Ooh. we're gonna then I'm I'm gonna push the stick forward. And we're gonna dive into this sunspot. Okay. All right, because it is a little cooler, so it might yeah. keep us alive a little bit longer. Yeah. So once we pass through the the outer shell, the, that is the surface of the Earth of the Sun, right. we're there's two kind of major zones, and the, the zones are different based on how heat is being transported through the sun, like we were talking about before with the, the campfire. So Ooh. the first layer we're going to hit is called the convection zone. So that's where everything is going to be churning around. So convection is like the, what we get is what makes weather essentially here on the surface of the earth, ah. is uh, air circulating around in these circular patterns. Right. So a good chunk of the sun is like that. So we're going to hit the intense weather part of the sun. Oh, we're going to get buffeted. We're going to get seriously buffeted. Whoa. And the density of the sun is going to start increasing fairly quickly. So when we pl- first plunge through the sunspot, it's still pretty thin, like thinner than water. Right. Right. And then it's gradually going to get thicker and thicker as the weather gets worse and worse. Now, I just wonder, is the sunspot a hole? It is not. It, it is, is not. Just it's, just cooler, it's just a cooler spot. Yeah. It's just kind of an optical illusion that makes them look like ah, holes. So like if we were looking at the ocean and there was a cold spot, it's just like that. It's just, um, except yeah, it would appear, like it would appear dark. It, you know, water darker. generally doesn't change color. With- right, yeah. So, for instance, uh, with the campfire, if you, you might see a dark spot inside the campfire, right. that's probably still a really hot spot. It's just not as hot as the areas around it. Right, okay. So, put on my captain's voice. If you look out the, uh, uh, look on the, the, uh, the windows here, uh, to the left here, you're going to see the convection layer. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. put on your seatbelts, put on your additional seatbelts. Because uh, we're going to have a little chop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, in, in the convection layer here, the sun is held up just by its own churning around. Whoa. So okay. we're really like, mine must be. So is this a thick, like, what's yeah. the density of what's well, around us? Is, in the convection layer, let me see if I can look that up quickly. I don't remember... No, I'd have to check. So it's it's extremely unhelpful. Um, right. At the surface, like I said, it's less than water. By the time we get to the core, it's a couple hundred times the density of water. So oh, wow. okay. we're we're so we're going that that much of a change, right? Yeah. Right. Which also means that at some point, it's like it is like air. Like when you're in a plane, even in somewhat thin air, you can be quite jostled. So yep. This is like getting yeah, thicker. Yeah, you're really going to be getting bounced around here. Right. Yeah. And the swirling and swirling. And so, but we, we, Jim did a, 
Jim did a heck of a job <laughs> with this, and we're pretty powerful, and we're, and we're able to navigate. So hold on, and uh, we're we're just uh, turning on the afterburners. I don't know mm-hmm. if that does any good inside the sun, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever our propulsion system is, exactly. And uh, actually, yeah, give you some okay, yeah, and then things will smooth out uh, fairly suddenly. Ah. <sighs> Uh, and uh, then we're into what's called the radiated zone, which is not radiation in the sense of like things that give you superpowers or create Godzilla, oh. but that's just a description of how energy is being transferred inside the sun at this point. So it's oh. being transferred by photons, essentially. I hope, I hope everybody's all right back there and uh, we can refill your sun sickness bags. <laughs> and uh, we're going to start our, uh, our meal service. Because we've entered this nice, calm area. And uh, now if we were on an actual plane on Earth, typically that's the point where the turbulence begins. I don't know. Right? As soon as the meal is served. As soon as the meal is served. As soon as you have their coffee in your hand, boom. So anyway, oh, it's really, it's calm now and we're going down. And so we're still descending. This might be a good time to break out the Corona. Cause, so we're going to open the fridge. <laughs> The Corona beer. Not the Corona the beer. Line. We got some lines. Here come the, uh, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The, the crew coming in and bringing us. And everybody cheers, just like they used to do on the Concord champagne. But here we have Corona. Cheers. Here we are. So we're getting blasted by light, right? Super intense light. Right. And even though it's not as shaky as it was in the convection layer, pressures are increasing dramatically. Mm, mm. Um, so don't stick your head out the window no. at this point of things. No. Right. Because then it's a race of whether or not you you get burned to death or uh, crushed utterly. Right. So the barometer, not only, and, and, and it's heating up as, again as well, I assume, mm-hmm. right. is yes. getting hotter. So our, temp- right. our, our thermometer is going up and mm-hmm. our barometer or whatever you would right. call so soon, it. Yeah. So soon we're going to hit the core, uh, yep. the inner part of the, the sun. Yeah. And the temperatures there get up to millions of degrees again. So we're hotter than the corona again now. And fittingly, right. here come the fire. Right, as we drink our coronas. And the density set is up to a couple hundred times the density of water. So that's um, denser than, you know, any metal you would encounter here on Earth. Wow. And then the barometer is something like a, is reading something like a billion bars. Whoa. And, and also, visibility at this point would be... Well, that's right. So this is kind of perverse. It's totally opaque, but unbelievably bright. Uh-huh. So any direction you look in, right. it's blindingly bright, but right. you can't see any distance into it. As if you were in, inside an incredibly bright cloud, except this cloud is <laughs> insanely... Insanely <dense>. bright. <laughs> <laughs> And the core is, so the core is, uh, as they say, where the magic happens. Yeah. Uh, this is where finally, finally, yes. it's hot enough and dense enough for fusion to happen. And so? So as we're looking around, you won't be able to see this with the naked eye. It needs some instrumentation. But so if, if uh, you look off to the right here, we're going to turn on the filters. You'll see some hydrogen particles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And you'll see hydrogen particles smashing into each other. Whoa. And then perversely, the hydrogen particles are gone all of a sudden, uh, leaving behind a helium nucleus. Well, so nuclear 
fusion is happening all around us. All around us, right? And that's what's generating all of the heat and all of the light that we've been interacting with for our journey down. Wow. Our ship is has enormous pressure on it. Mm-hmm. It's being it's blindingly bright. It's incredibly hot and there is this uh fusion is fusion uh is that radioactive? In, Not in, in the way you're thinking of. So actually, right. radiation, well, we'll, we'll be cooked radiation-wise just because the sun is so gigantic and there's right. so many different things going on. Right. Um, but fusion is pretty gentle, radiation-wise. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, I, I've been um, pumping the SPF 1 million suntan lotion yeah, through the sprinkler system. Enough, actually. Yeah. yeah. I got it. Yeah. Well, we've done our best. <laughs> and we've made it to the core. So the set, the very, very center. Is there anything special about the very, very center, or it's just it's it, there is a sphere. The core is like a the a yeah. Globe. So the core is a a chunk, sort of the inner quarter or so of the sun is wow. the core. And temperatures will increase steadily as you get closer and closer. So there is a place at which the temperature is going to be the most. And if you're uh, if you're a fusion aficionado, yes, I should say one of the things you're gonna uh, to watch for as we're going through the core is the different fusion reactions that happen. So fusion doesn't have to be just hydrogen hydrogen. You can smash all different kinds of atoms together for a fusion reaction, right. but they need different temperatures. So at one point you're going to be watching the fusion reaction or the proton, uh, the, the hydrogen reaction. It's called the proton-proton reaction. And then after a while, you're going to see fewer of that and more of this crazy thing called the CNO cycle, which stands for carbon-nitrogen-oxygen cycle, mm. which is this, this crazy thing where carbon atoms and nitrogen atoms and oxygen atoms kind of trade particles back and forth. And this creates both larger elements and releases an enormous amount of energy. So if you're uh, a nitrogen fan, and who's not? Yeah. Right? You've got to wait a little while before you can watch the CNO cycle. But it's here in the center of the... It's in the center? Yeah. In the center. So here we've arrived at the part where a lot of elements which are important to us are being manufactured. Yep. That's right. You can watch the oxygen that you will one day breathe being made here. Right. Now, does it actually come out or do you need a supernova to get these? It usually st- it stays in, inside for the most part. You have to wait for the sun to, to die to right. get the good stuff out of it. But our ship can grab some for a little refueling. Oh, sure. That's a good idea. Or even just a souvenir. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, wow. That, and we're going to put it in one of those Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> plasma globes that would this, be great i'd buy that how cool is that um, this is plasma from the center of the sun and we can we can make some carbon dioxide and have some seltzer water yeah some solar seltzer water you from can do that. the center of the sun mm-hmm. yeah you might want to stick it in the fridge a bit first so it cools down yeah it's a hot toddy <laughs> <laughs> the hottest of toddies <laughs> And and if we, we, we made it this far, the reverse journey, we would, just to reiterate, we'd going back, it would get cooler, and, and we, as we leave the core, it gets cooler and cooler again, mm-hmm. right, until we get to the surface, right. and we emerge, and we see the sphere, 
And then we go through this somewhat cooler chromosphere, pink chromosphere zone. Right. Right. And then into the corona again. We're outside. Yeah, maybe we could ride one of the prominences out, actually. That'd be fun. That's going out in style. (laughs) Yes. Jet skiing on a surfing a prominence. That's fantastic. What what a boogie board. Oh, seriously. It'd be amazing. Amazing. Wow, we made it. This is pretty incredible. Boy, the the people on Earth are going to be really impressed. At least for a day, and then they get bored. I hope so. Yeah, and, that's right. and they, they move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> what a what the if. This is this is pretty cool. I, I now when I look at the sun now, I'm gonna think of it more three-dimensionally for one thing. Good. And yep. as a solid dynamic thing, as opposed to just that hot thing that sits up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably the most important thing to think about with the sun is that it's not just a blob sitting there being hot, but there's this incredible activity going on throughout it, doing all sorts of different things. And depending on where you are, you'll see different things going on. Yeah, and not only that, the night sky, which, right, every star Mm -hmm. is is a sun, the sun is a star. Mm -hmm. And so this is interesting because when I I must say, when I look up at the night sky, and if you're lucky enough to see a lot of stars, that's great. Um, If it feels very placid, but in fact, it's insanely dynamic. Yep, like every right. one every, of those stars is like the sun and may probably more, right? Many of yeah, the stars we see is, are bigger. Our sun is kind of dull by solar standards. Yeah. So if you want something really exciting, we can go crank through a giant star uh, where much more exciting things are going on. Oh, yes. That'll be our uh, advanced. In fact, when we, as soon as we get back to Earth, we're going to uh, shake Jim, James Cameron's hand and then we'll see who's going to play us. Tom Cruise is going to play me. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. And I think for you, we will we will do like a CGI version of Burt Reynolds. That'd be fine. I don't mind being Kelly McGillis either if we're doing a Top oh, okay. game. <laughs> right on. Top Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you all for coming along this journey. I hope you enjoyed your flight. Uh, thank you for flying with us. Tell us what you thought about this journey. You can write into us. Tell us what you found most interesting. Tell us where you want to go next in this incredible submarine of the imagination. You can email us at feedback at whattheif.com. You can go to our website, whattheif.com, where you can subscribe if you haven't subscribed That's in some other... all right-thinking people do. Yeah, do subscribe because then you just... Each What The If will just show up and every week you'll... You know, you would be able to look at your your phone or wherever you listen to your podcast and go, Whoa, What The If? There's a, And there's a new one right there waiting for you. Um, so you can subscribe on our website if you haven't done it elsewhere. You can also listen to all our previous episodes... There's more than 50, way more than 50 of them. Every one of them different. Every one of them hilarious and insightful and awesome. You can also learn about your uh, your two um, pilots here, me and Matt, a little bit of bio. there, mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a fine picture of you with your cat on your shoulder. Uh, yes, as, as is my standard position in life. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Follow us on Twitter. 
You may have found us on Twitter. I may have found you on Twitter because I'm always looking for people who are interested in science and connecting with them on Twitter. Maybe that's how you heard about our show. Some people have come that way. At What The If Show. At What The If Show is our uh, Twitter name, I guess. Identity. I share all kinds of science news, science oddities. Everyone can discuss our shows. So tell us what you thought. And send us ideas. Big shout out this week to Miguel in South Africa. South Africa, yeah. Who sent us a bunch of ideas. Every one of them, good. And and, uh, I'm sure we're going to pick up some of those and, and go with them. Miguel Bento in South Africa. Just, just a ton of great ideas, and we appreciate that. You, too, can send us ideas. And by the way, when your idea gets used, you will receive a special gift. We haven't done this in a while, but you will receive, I won't even say what it is. It's just incredible, an unbelievable, fun little science toy gift. Go to iTunes. iTunes is the sort of central clearinghouse for telling people what's awesome in the world of podcasts. So if you can go to iTunes, you can give us five stars on iTunes. That would be fantastic. If you can write a little bit, that's super helpful too. Every, by the way, if you do that, huge thank you from us. We'll give you a shout out if you would like. And it's really meaningful. Even everyone we get is uh, super helpful. It just helps more people find us. Matt, thank you. Next no week. No problem. We don't know. We don't know where we're going to go next week. It's always uh, We're going to pick up one of Miguel's uh, suggestions from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And who knows where, where it will take us. But I do know this. We will say, just as Miguel is saying right now in South Africa, and we have other listeners in Dubai and in Great Britain and in Australia and uh, Canada and a little place called the United States, everybody... Wherever you are right now listening, join us in shouting at the mystery, the horror, the adventure that is what, what the, the if, 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 if. if. Bye now. <laughs>